Hello and welcome to the Hospitality Insights podcast, In Focus, a series that brings you insights and opinions from influencers across the hospitality industry. Join us every week for new content from guests discussing investment, development and operations. The conversation starts here. Hello and welcome to Hospitality Insights in Focus. I'm Patrick White, Editor-in-Chief of Hospitality Insights. And this week I'm joined by Maria Vafiadis, founder of MKV Design. Hi Maria, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you. Hi Patrick. So Maria, before we get into the discussion uh, questions, could you tell us a bit about yourself and about the company as well? I studied architecture, but uh, very early on in my career, I discovered that I was fascinated by interior design of hotels. Uh, The hotel world uh, was something very uh, interesting for me. So I founded MKV Design 20 years ago. Uh, We are based in London. Uh, We work uh, worldwide in a variety of projects from uh, city hotels to big resorts. And um, we, uh, our philosophy is to respect uh, local culture, uh, local architecture, um, the environment, and to take inspiration from the history and culture of every uh, place where we're working. Fantastic. So one of the things we publish at Hospitality Insights is an investor sentiment survey. And um, one of the things that keeps cropping up and is becoming more and more important is the idea of sustainability. And um, that's kind of grown in importance over time. Are there there some key ways that we can make luxury assets sustainable? What's your thought on that? How do we make them truly sustainable? I've always seen sustainability tied up to longevity. I'm not saying it's uh, either or, but I think longevity is, uh, um, let's say, a part of sustainability. This requires the right destination, the right place, architecture and design that respects and engages with the place, materials that will last and that will take the minimum out of our planet or put something back. Uh, We've seen it is is not a trend that started now. Uh, I mean, we've had, we've worked on projects from 15 years ago, like Costa Navarino with Temes in Greece, uh, where the developer, for example, had started by building reservoirs to catch rainwater, not only for their own use, but also for the local farmers. Um, Having initiatives together with uh, universities like the Swedish University, and now bringing it onto another level by going onto earth-sheltered architecture. Equally, in Switzerland, at the Bürgenstock Resort, they looked very much into energy consumption and they used the water of the lake, Lucerne, for their own needs in order to be as sustainable as possible. What I'm trying to say here is I don't think there is one recipe for sustainability. Every project should look where we are, what do we have in the location where we are, what can we either give back or take from the planet and and give back and work uh, with the things that we have at hand. 
architects have always led the way, but I think at the moment we all, as an industry, as a travel industry, we have uh, to take more on board because there is a real opportunity to educate and influence behavior. There is an appetite for change from people. And when people are taking holidays, they have the time to discover ideas that they can bring back home. A few years ago, it might have been, for example, seeing a new design and bringing it home and sampling luxury products. Now hotels have the chance, if not the responsibility, to stimulate inquiry and to encourage more responsibility towards our planet. So I think this is where we are. We are almost at a pivotal point where things can really turn around and have more purpose, not just sustainability for sustainability. And you mentioned there are a couple of projects, uh, Costa Navarino, and, and you know, you've been doing it for, I think you said you've uh, MKB has been 20 years. Um, uh, you've been there and founded the company 20 years ago. How are things How have things changed over that time period and how are design requests different to before? I'm not sure if the design requests have changed so much. I think we have to look at developers and there are always the visionaries and there are always the followers. So uh, we come across clients that are true visionaries. They have thought about every single aspect of, of the project. And, they, and we are there to take the brief from them and to support them. But there are also the followers. There are the people that are not necessarily visionaries, but they are following. I'm not saying necessarily the trend, but as I said before, they are more aware of the issues and they want to follow with their projects. So what I would say is not different. I don't see it as different, but I see it as an evolving situation. We come and we build step by step. We discover what we have done before, what has worked, and how much more meaningful our sustainability is. We've seen in projects, for example, where we've done refurbishments, where clients had asked us to, to throw away all furniture and to buy everything new, just for the sake of it being new. And we are also there trying to educate them, support them and say, no, you don't need to throw away everything. There are things you can repurpose. There are things you can reuse. So it's really an evolving situation in the industry. And also you've worked on some big projects in the past. Is there anything you're working on now that you're particularly excited about? Anything you can tell us about the projects you're doing now and um, anything particularly innovative about those projects? Uh, we've, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's so innovative. I don't know if I would call myself an innovator. Uh, but uh, I think, and our philosophy is more for meaningful and purposeful experiences. Uh, we are opening up a beautiful hotel in uh, Budapest at the moment. The Matilde Palace is part of the, of the luxury collection. And because of the pandemic, it had been delayed for six months. And I think this is a wonderful um, example of repurposing a building. This building, an old palace, has stood uh, empty and, and derelict uh, for decades. And it found its purpose, its purpose uh, as a new hotel. So for us, 
discovering this new purpose, creating a story that comes from the history of the building because it was built by, by an art duchess, an Austrian art duchess that used it as her residence, building a narrative around this and using this as a framework for our design has been really very, very exciting. And we are extremely, I'm extremely proud of this project. On the drawing board, we are working on another project in uh, Switzerland, up in Transmontana. It's uh, the Aminona project, and it's a, a beautiful project, totally different to the Matilde Palace. It's, it's newly built, but it's surrounded by beautiful nature. Um, and there comes the question, uh, we are up in the mountains, we are... Um, amidst nature, uh, we are touching the clouds, and uh, thankfully our client um, is seeing this um, as a sustainable project by asking us really to use only, uh, not only local materials, but regional materials, really, you know, the stone has to be from the region, the wood, and there is plenty, has to be there. We need to use craftsmen uh, that are local and use all techniques, either for building the stone or uh, working with the wood or uh, weaving the textiles uh, with things that have been there for ages. And again, this is, you know, like building not only a narrative in the project and being, I wouldn't say innovative in this way, but being really more purposeful uh, with, our, uh, with our design in the projects. And I think the clients um, recognize this and they, they like it and they respect it. You've talked a few times about kind of the idea of repurposing things and spaces and using what you have already, which has become you know, a big part of sustainability and design. I mean, uh, do you think clients are more receptive to that idea now than they were maybe 10, 15 years ago? You know, they don't need to build things, uh, don't build new things anymore so that they might be able to repurpose or reuse? Yes, I think so. I think it, it, it's a dual thing. It's not just it is not just the desire to repurpose, but sometimes in terms of investment as well, it's much easier, especially when you work in, in different countries, it's much easier to find an existing building or an existing hotel or an existing uh, uh, derelict uh, uh, building that you repurpose. Uh, as opposed to building from scratch. So it can happen both ways, but I think there is a trend for repurposing and I think we should do it because it's, um, we have so many examples in urban environments, in, in parts of cities that have been, um, let's say, run down or uh, not really used uh, anymore. And we could really bring life into uh, these parts of uh, not only the city, but also in this uh, buildings and I think lots of investors are, are discovering that and they are doing it in uh, many parts of the world. Now we're, we're kind of coming to the tail end of the pandemic hopefully um, and I think a lot of trends that were maybe prevalent before that have been accelerated. Um, what do you think in terms of you know geographic destinations or types of hotels, um, where do you think the investor and developer and you know architect interest will be over the coming years? I think what has happened with the pandemic is uh, that uh, we have discovered our immediate surroundings. 
um, we were a bit spoiled with our travel patterns. You know, for a, even for a short weekend or for a day, uh, we were jumping on a plane and, and we were going uh, maybe, you know, on three, four hours uh, flight, just, you know, just for a couple of days. I think because of the pandemic, we have all discovered that there are equally beautiful places very close to us uh, that weren't trendy anymore. And I think independently of geographical uh, locations that are gonna be everywhere, I think almost everyone has now discovered their immediate surroundings. And we will, and we have with the staycations discovered that there are these beautiful pockets uh, very, very close to us. I'm not saying that we will not go on long haul holidays and that we will not want to travel, you know, on long destinations in remote islands, etc. But I think it will be a bit more balanced. Mm. Uh, I think people will choose how they will do their holidays. Uh, they will choose maybe to have one longer holiday going on the longer trip and that helps with the sustainability as well and, and aeroplane travel and all of that. But they will equally uh, try to stay closer to home, maybe go on a train, um, drive, or maybe even different kinds of holidays with a bicycle or walking or hiking, being much, much closer to, to nature. So I see it more as a diversity as opposed to having some geographical um, um, locations being more trendy than others. And um, leisure travel will return just as soon as the regulations will permit. There is no doubt about it. I think what gives us hope, because we've all been through the pandemic and we've all suffered from that, but what really gives us hope, uh, and especially when we find ourselves constricted is remembering special places that we have visited and dreaming of new adventures. So it's really looking for these special places and they don't have to be in Asia or America or close to home. It's just finding these special places. And that that's very interesting. And I guess it kind of leads into this last question. So IHAF, you're joining us for a session on the meaning of luxury. And with everything that's gone on with the pandemic and, and the changes in the trends, what do you what do you think luxury means now to, to people? Uh, I mean, I don't think what luxury means now to people has changed that much than before the pandemic. Uh, and I don't think really that great hospitality experiences are uh, just about design per se. Uh, it's rather how we create our designs uh, to support the experiential. Uh, it's going that extra mile to look after guests, to foresee their every need, and even offer uh, what they hadn't realized they might need. Um, until quite recently, eco destinations were not synonymous with uh, luxury. Uh, but now I think the opposite is the case. Uh, guest demand, um, regulation, and investors' growing desire uh, to protect uh, the natural world uh, 
is leading to a sector that will reject overdevelopment and waste and will champion conservation, repurposing and longevity. And I think this is what people will see as more synonymous with luxury uh, travel and not necessarily, you know, agro-tourism or eco-destinations necessarily. Fantastic. That's a great way to finish. Maria, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks very much to our contributors and guests for creating this week's episode. 